Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Question me, Rose. Run for your life. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you happen to be. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us for Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. When it comes to art, South African artist Leiso Mkize is a multi-threat. A successful stint as head illustrator for the biggest-selling monthly comic book in the world, the proudly South African Super Strikers, creating South Africa's first superhero comic book series, Quezzy, through his own visual arts company, projects for Archie Comics, MTV Sugar, Disney and Standard Bank, plus multiple solo and group exhibitions around the world, all add up to an impressive and continuously growing art CV. His experiences also led him to be named as a judge for the biggest online art tournament in Africa, the VX Art Tournament. Pulling from our found recordings archive, Leiso was a guest at FanCon back in 2018 and was kind enough to spare some time to chat about many things, including his path to art geekdom, the origin story of South Africa's first superhero, and much more. We pass this over to the diva for her rating. Franku, what did the diva have to say? The Diva has enjoyed this podcast and rates it completely salt-free. Thank you kindly to both Franku and the Diva for that rating. Before we fully get underway, a reminder of the Fueled by Death cast, produced by the team at Death Wish Coffee, the world's strongest coffee. Fueled by Death is a show that asks the question, what fuels you? Very similar in sentiment to how we do things here at Release the Geek. They have a bunch of great content, having conversations with astronauts, rock stars, authors, athletes, and more. Check it out at deathwishcoffee.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and tell them Release the Geek sent you. And now, without any further ado, please join me, Les Allen, as we release the geek with Loiso Nkize. And now, we're releasing the geek. One question I do have, because you are doing this amazing live artwork here at FanFun. Yeah. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a comparison now that I hope you all find favorable. A couple of years ago I was at San Diego Comic-Con watching Jim Lee do live artwork. And he was doing a this was just before Batman v Superman. And he did a Wonder Woman piece and he messed up. And he publicly said, Oh no, I've done this wrong. Here's how I fix it. So and he messed up her arm. So it, okay, let's just throw a shield in. And it just covered up that entire holy crap and then chatting to Brian Haviland uh, he was he created Witchblade and he said uh, no there's, there's a reason why uh, eventually comic artists draw lots of capes because it's very easy to cover something up and cover up a mistake with a cape yeah. you are doing a piece that is probably 10 foot high two maybe two two and a half meters tall by about three meters wide you haven't made a mistake not that I've seen how are you covering up how does a pro cover up his mistakes you know what i'll be honest when i look at it now i mean even you know last night before we left yeah. it was nearly you know it was uh, we were about i'd say now almost three quarters done yep and they're already three three mistakes can that you, i can, can spot can you spot it of course but that's the thing that's that's, that's the lovely thing about um you know being the, an artist and also sort of like um 
know, I, I suppose you, 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 you become obviously overcritical of your work. Uh, and yeah. sometimes uh, a mistake that you think is like a, a so obvious yeah. is to someone else is completely non-existent. Right. So, uh, and that's what I found is, is, is typically the case. However, to save <laughs> the image of our team, uh-huh. I had to, you know, do some fixes. And I will admit, there is a fill somewhere there yeah. of solid black where it shouldn't be. And you typically have to do it. Yeah. And it looks good. You have these happy mistakes that happen in any case. Like, when you work that large scale, you sort of like, a, you do it knowing that you're taking a huge risk. There's yeah. no erasing. This is not a digital artwork. Yeah. So there's no, you know, control Z. No, <laughs> none of that nonsense here. It's like completely on. And uh, that's what makes it fun anyway. And the instructions you gave to your partner over there, yeah. you marked off all these areas with extras. This is what you color in. Do not <laughs> do not touch anything. As exactly. A, as a collab yeah. with, how many, you've got what, three, four people working on this? Yeah, three, three, three right now. Right. Um, including myself. So, um, Clyde Beach and I, mm-hmm. um, I remember contacting Clyde or approaching him with, a stack of drawings. This is 2014. Right. I had uh, developed this, the first episode of Crazy by yeah. myself. You know, re- wrote the whole thing down, and I was sure this thing is going to be pumping. Mm-hmm. So I rock up with a stack of papers. I mean, midway. I mean, midway. Actually, illustrating these pages, I realized, okay, hang on, I might not be able to do this by myself. Right. And at the time, I was illustrating uh, Super Strikers. I yes. was, um, yep. was head illustrator for Super Strikers. Mm-hmm. So this is happening in and between my job, my actually jo- actual job to illustrate the soccer comic book, yes. right? And Clyde happened to be the head colorist at the time. So we were colleagues. <laughs> This is a really loud loud. Yeah, the sound is not very good. No. But our sound guy... Franco, I don't know if you want to cut this. I don't know. Alright, there we go. The announcement is done. So you're doing, you're doing Super Strikers full-time, which I'm going to point out for anybody internationally that doesn't know Super Strikers, it is actually, by volume, the largest selling comic in the world. Largest print run. Largest print run in the world. Yeah. yeah. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a, and that's for the past decade and a half. Yeah. So they've had a really good run. Yeah. Including their animation, which is um, on Disney XD right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kudos to them. And again, like we had, I've started working there um, my second year, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still doing, studying graphic design at the time and, I, you know, just rocked up at their offices with a stack of, of drawings. Again, I think I have this habit <laughs> of rocking up on a stack. <laughs> I, 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 I happen to, to have very, I happen to have quite a, a, a huge confidence in my work and just rock up with my stuff and just lay it on someone's yeah, table. Let's, like, let's just get to the address for the Marvel head office yeah, in, right. in New York. Just walk in. Walk in. Yeah, give a pitch. I think it might work. Yeah, I think. Funny, funny enough, that's um, people don't expect things like that. People don't expect you to, to 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 go about things like that. And I've always found it to be the best way of. Okay, this is gonna sound wrong, but you sort of like get your way when you 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 beat about uncharted uncharted ter- terrain. Yeah. Do the things that other people won't do. Yeah. Like the mural was an idea earlier on in the week. Let's do this thing. Fuck it, man. Let's let's, let's go go to Builder's Warehouse, okay? 
let's get <laughs> let's to get two boards, right? Yeah. Let's get um, some you know some pine wood. We were here together, myself and Clyde, drilling this stuff. What okay, happens like, to this when, when the convention's done? Well, Clyde actually wants to destroy it. Um, what, like I, a mandala, just burn yeah, the thing yeah, in the yeah, foyer he's got of the convention center? Let's check it somewhere. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, we'll, we'll decide. But again, like, okay, just going back to what I was talking about when, we, when I approached Clyde with the drawings, I didn't have much of an idea of, of what I wanted to do with Crazy as the comic book. Right. I just knew I, I knew I wanted to do it. There was enough motivation to actually do it as well. So there's not enough stuff pushing me to 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 to, to create the, this. You know, ten, it was a ten page, I think, the first episode. Um, you know, it's, it's not much. It was just introducing the character and what he can do and all of that. So I had the stack of drawings, mm-hmm. panel to panel, page to page. Rock up, lay the pages on uh, on Clyde's mm-hmm. desk, and I was like. Um, so listen, so I've got this superhero comic book thing, yeah. this idea, and it's going to be dope. Okay, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow everyone away. So this is me pitching this to, to Clyde to help me on this because I know there's no way I'm going to be able to illustrate color, composite, letter, yes. print, yes. you know. I can't do the whole thing you know, by, by myself, and especially for the type of... Just for the scale that I was pitching it at in my mind, I knew I would need a right-hand man. And Clyde, you know, um, he obliged immediately, and we started working on developing the first episode. We launched that May, 8th of May, um, 2014. Um, Yeah, it was a a small print run, very modest print run. I think we were we had a. Budget constraints. <laughs> I know um, at the time, you know, my, my girl was like, You're not spending that type of money on comic books. I know you love this oh, stuff, but like. That, that sounded slightly derisive on comic books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. She, 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 she changed her tune, you know, gradually as, to, as right. soon as she started seeing this thing is actually moving, right? Gotcha. So the first, I mean, like, again, Crazy has been a, a labor of love in the beginning for the first two, three years. Right. No, no, two years. First two years, it was completely self-published. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were, man. I threw a lot of, <laughs> a lot onto this. Yeah. You know. Well, let's take let's take a, a little step back, because mm-hmm. we, we, we've now we're now talking here at uh, at FanCon. Yep. Comics here. People are purchasing. People are buying the T-shirts. Yep. I want the black one. We've already discussed this. Um, <laughs> We'll figure that out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We're going to always make a plan. <laughs> what was your path to geekdom? Where did it start for you? Because I'm going to assume you're a comic geek. You dig comics. Somewhat. A little Somewhat. Bit. Yeah. Um, so my taste in the visual arts is very eclectic. Mm-hmm. I also paint. So I think that that's where I may have a very different edge to, 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 to comic books and then the medium itself and how I approach it. Even down to the aesthetic. I mean, I know that... You spoke about Jim Lee, who was... Okay, so, in the 90s, okay, growing up in Butterworth, yes. okay, wow. in the Eastern Cape. Yep. Small town Mecca in the Eastern Cape. comic books. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, every other store's got comics, of course. You know, absolutely not. And yeah. like I, couldn't, you know, I mean, I couldn't access comic books um, readily. I mean, we had to... So, but, but my dad knew I was really into this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't know specifically I was into comic, but he just knew that his son would always record, um, you know, the animated um, ca- uh, cartoons on television, mm-hmm. and then keep pausing 
the, the actual cartoon to, to, to draw what I saw on the screen. Because right. that's the first way I could access these superheroes on, was on the screen, right? right? And then I think he, he came up, so my dad's a huge, is a big reader. Right. Real, like, book guy. Yeah. Bookworm, like, through and through. So, um, so CNA is, was his friend um, growing up. This guy was always, if we were doing groceries yes. at, at the mall in East London, you, you, he'd be like, okay, you'll, uh, you'll catch me at CNA. Okay, I'll be reading my, my, my the next book I'm gonna buy. So gotcha. I think he came across comic books there yeah. on the shelves there, and we, you know he decided to start buying me comic books, mm -hmm. and boom, that's where it started. Remember so I think I, I must X Men. Yes, X Men. X Men. Part of the club. That's good. <laughs> X Men. No, I think the first character I really fell in love with was 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 um, was Wolverine. I remember really enjoying like. I, I suppose there's, there's, there's a couple of things to really like about Wolverine, apart from the fact that he's so aesthetically pleasing, just looking at him. And back then, you know, his costume was very, you know, the, 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 the blue and yellow yeah. with the It's ridiculous costume. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so costume. awesome at the yeah. time. I mean, this is the time when um, Image Comics was doing, you know, was a young blood at the yes. time. Yeah. And uh, derivative stuff. So, 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 so the, the style then, I mean, the, the, the the hatching, the, the, the huge detail on Jim Lee's work, yeah. I would copy that stuff, okay? <laughs> so my style was pretty much Jim Lee sure. um, from around, I'd say maybe 98, 99, 2000, 2001, and then I came across, um, I came across Sin City. Frank Miller. Frank Miller. Um, yeah, it's a school library. Now I'm in a school library. I kid you not. Bloody hell! I mean, this is. I mean, for for the content. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, look, it's 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 it's. the school figures. It's a comic book, yeah. and you know, the, the overarching sentiment is that this is kid stuff. Yeah. Well, it's a graphic novel that is very graphic. <laughs> but in any case, lucky me because then yeah. I took on that style sure. as well. So I had a very eclectic style, mm -hmm. um, and also the, the influences. You know. Recording a podcast. You are now a guest. What's your name? I'm Rere. Hi, Rere. You are now a guest on the podcast. Say hi. Hello. Hello, everyone. Are you guys doing a podcast about Lisa? Oh, we're doing a podcast about Lisa. He's one of the artists here on Quasi. You are awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. What's your name? I'm Rere. Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Okay, we got Ray Ray in the house. I love that name. You know, I've been doing this podcast for four years, Lisa. I've never had somebody bomb the podcast. I've never had somebody just. So come I think this in is actually special, Ray Ray. So this is a first for me. Ray Ray. Um, one quick question. If I were to create a superhero character named Ray Ray, could I use you as reference material? I mean, I like the look. What's, so, I mean, we what can is, work what is Ray Ray's origin story? What's your, what are your superpowers? No, 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 no. Don't throw this on me, Ray Ray. It's on you. you. What Ray superpowers Ray. would you like? Mind control. That's really Mind control. Mind control. I knew it would be mind control, yeah. and I'll tell you why. She keeps very good eye contact, and I think you've got contact lenses. Is that right? Yes, I do. 
Okay, okay. let's do this. So let's this, do this. I, I'm thinking, Ray Ray, yeah. I'm going to create a character that's based off you. With green eyes. That is green, right? It's green. I don't know about the hair. Maybe we'll make it. <laughs> it's very blue. <laughs> Just a bit. Know. It's natural. This is natural blue? I don't know about that as well. She's mind controlling. Uh, by the way, she's controlling our minds right That's now. That's it, yeah. That's the only way she could get onto this. This is Ray Ray's podcast. It's Ray Ray's world. We're just living in it. I think we may be living in Ray Ray's universe yeah, right yeah. now. Well, I'm thinking this might next necessarily be Quezzy's next villain. How she looks you, like a villain. She, she does look... She's got that, like, like, little sinister grin. There it is. Yeah. She agrees, by the way. Yeah, we've got, we've got other people standing at the booth and nodding now. Yes. So, I think so. But we were, we were talking Rahiso's origin story, and he was, he's found Sin City in the school library, which is fantastically bizarre, but fantastic. Now, and what Frank Miller... What, what effect did Frank Miller have on him? Pardon? What effect did Frank Miller have on him? I think that, uh, obviously, when we're talking noir, and the way that he treated it... Um, Again, like my inspiration has always been, as far as comic books are concerned, always been the aesthetics of them. So right. I liked comic books for the pictures. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, I never really fell in love with the characters until probably, you know, you know later teens, sure. I'd say. Mm-hmm. For me, it was all fodder to, to help me along my, you know, my, my artistic right. journey and then developing my style and right. understanding what I can oh, do. Ray Ray's leaving. Oh, jeez. Even a bit of a Jedi mind wave. Thank you very much. Uh huh. Thanks for popping by. Thank you, Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Special guest appearance. Come on, come on. What are you talking about? Follow us on, on on Instagram, okay? I'm really going to do this. Just get our Instagram handle there. I'm really going to do it, and I'm going to like shout out Ray Ray. Mind so, control. So can, can you release me though from your mind control right now? And then from your spell? Is, is, is that, that it? Is that what it is? A click of the fingers? No, it's back to the original podcast. Oh. Well, oh. Who the hell are you? <laughs> what are you doing on my podcast? Please go away. What's your name again? <laughs> she was never here. Ray Ray was never here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that interesting. Well, now you have a muse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was fun. Yeah, so. Um, like, like, like I said, honestly speaking, I never really got into these characters or into their minds and, and their backstories and all of this stuff much at a young age. I was always just fascinated on how they looked and just sequencing them. So I think I was around 13 when I really started doing my own comic books. And that's where I started investing more in understanding. Yes the flow and then and the ideas and why Charles Xavier was always doing this and why Jean Grey was always doing that and again like X-Men was my comic yeah. you know, my go to Superman came way after so it was probably first comic books that I really enjoyed were, were X-Men comic books and that's what I read yes. I'd, I mean I'd nick some of my friends comic books every now and then like the Youngblood that's yeah. when I came across Youngblood yeah. I nicked a mate's only because he nicked mine. So this is like uh, you know. turnabout. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But anyway, um, so I, was, I just want to draw this this image of how my style progressed to where it, where it is. It was until when I got to Cape Town. That's where I really. I mean, like now I'm talking 
got to Cape Town, first year, studied graphic design, this is 2006, uh, 2006. 2007, I've got more drawings, like, so I'm studying, every evening I'm illustrating my own stuff. Right. Building a portfolio, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. Sure. So I end up taking the stuff one day, through a, because of a friend recommending that I do so, took my stuff to the offices of um, Striker, Striker Entertainment offices, where they illustrate Super Strikers. Um, again, barged in, boom, here's my stuff. <laughs> you guys need me here. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the job the next day. There's, not, there's nothing about uh, the shyness of a new office. No, in. apart from that, you're naive. <laughs> you don't know the rules, and that's the golden. That's the, that's the golden. You don't know what rules to break. Yeah, you don't know because you don't know the terrain. You don't know what what's, and that's where. That's where the best things happen. Yeah. And I try and I try and keep that sentiment or, or that or that, or that mindset. Throughout all my work, sort of like not knowing where the, what the next step is, because it keeps everything fresh. My um, my publisher has got a really hard time with me because she, again, like how I came across her. For mm-hmm. instance. Sorry, we're jumping around. It I hope matter. you don't mind. Huh? That's fine. Anyway, these are the best stories. Yeah, this is the best story. <laughs> so you're gonna love this one. <laughs> so I'm really. I'm really, really, really pissed off about not um, about um, not getting any publishing uh, publishers interested in my book. People are always on. No one reads comic books in South Africa. This stuff is not going to sell. Blah blah blah. And um, here goes Louis. So calls up Bargain Books. Okay. <laughs> Just flat out. Yeah. Listen, I've got books. I'm self-publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to offer you my books on your shelves. <laughs> They'll fly off. Um, I've got, uh, and this is this is where I knew. In retrospect, it all this seems is so not ridiculous. How the industry works. It is not how the industry works. Luckily for me, sure. my art always saves me from embarrassment because, coupled with the it's call, is is is, is, a, is an email yes. that I sent with all the images of the stuff. So it doesn't really, it didn't really matter to Bianca. That's was, um, that's the marketing lady at 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 at, at Bargain. But it didn't really matter that she was speaking to a complete buffoon. But his art is really good. Sure. So um, she was really excited and said, "Listen, we don't work like that." <laughs> How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, we do. So. It's not Ray Ray, by the way. Anyway. It's not Ray Ray. That, that's Clyde Beach's mother. Oh, nice. Okay. His well, parents yes. again. She definitely gets away. Yeah, no, no, no. She, she gets a free pass. <laughs> so she tells me, listen, um, I understand that you think this is how, this is not how things actually operate. You have to have a publisher. Right. And that's where I had an issue with it. And then, and, um, and I was like, no, but like, they don't, uh, they don't understand that this is, this, this needs to be on the shelf. This is South Africa's first superhero. Mind you, that was my selling point from the beginning of the... This is my South Africa's first superhero, yes? So that that, that was, that was, that that, that was the headline since 2014. And I'm giving you the opportunity to get him on the ground. Okay, so I mean, she was, she was, she was really sweet. Um, She, she she took it in stride and said, you need to contact this lady. Her name is Dushenka and she's with New Africa Books. I think they would like your stuff. So I was put, out, put together with her, we had a conversation and immediately she felt like, listen, this is how, no, this, no, this is the conversation with the publisher. Sure. Typically these books 
what will sell because comic books in general at the moment don't do well. And, um, you know, of, of course, I'm like, oh, here we go again, right? Another rejection, right? Yeah. Another doubter, but she took it on. All right. Yeah. And she felt, I think she, 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 she instinctively understood that maybe I wouldn't stop there. <laughs> that this was just a mere hurdle. So she might as well take me on. And I had the books to show. I mean, gotcha. I, I had already published three. No, no, no. I'd already, yeah, I'd already published three books by myself. Right. You know, I'd already spent money on it. I'd already developed a following for it. I'd already, you know, done the, the necessary footwork. So, the, so for her, it wouldn't be so much... Uh, starting from grassroots and developing and then and, and creating this market where it doesn't exist. At least there were people that were seeking the yes. book. So, we contact Bargain Books now again. Right. With this thing, um, this is 2006. Hey, I've come back now, I've got a publisher. No, I've got a publisher. <laughs> and we're printing these now in collector's edition. Yes. So this is now three episodes in each book. Nicely packaged, boom, there you go, on the shelf. Yep. I'm doing cartwheels, man, because now I know... Because this, is, this has always been the thing with my peers in the industry, particularly here in South Africa, yes. is we've always had this impression that comic books just don't work. Yep. Particularly if you are looking to do um, large-scale mass production, you know, build a, a reader base that is, you know, 30,000 30, plus. It's unheard of unless you are super strikers, which right. in, in which case you are branding your comic book each and every page, etc., etc. Kudos to them because their model really worked. I felt that it wouldn't work particularly well for this comic book, right. um, so I didn't go that route, getting sponsorships, brands, and all that into the comic book. Might it, it would it wouldn't have authenticity? Yeah, there's that, and also. Yeah, so we had a panel yesterday. I think I've ever used the word authenticity. And integrity. Yeah, I think that's that's. It, it would mess with the integrity of right. the comic book. Yeah. We'd have to appease each 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 um, each setup, each each set piece in the comic book. Would have to have a building with a with a <laughs> you know with the branding of yeah. the petrol station, something along those lines. Right. So we didn't want. I I, I know I didn't want that. So that model would obviously not work, and hence I had to go the publishing route, which meant that now I had to be labeled as an author. Right. Oh, get out of here, man. I'm more like a comic book artist or yes. a comic book creator. I like that. But author, I don't know. But hey, it worked. Homebrew happens. Yeah. Guess what? We send out feelers. Yeah. Exclusive books, CNA, bargain books, and obviously the smaller bookstores. Who wants to have this on their shelves? It's going to go, it's going to pump trust. And we were working with the fact that this is South Africa's first superhero, and this is something that, I mean, I could go a lot deeper. There's, there's real sentimental value to this project that I really, like, is in my core and keeps yes. me going, but above the surface, it's all fun, and that's I think that's where that that's where I am in this conversation right now. It's sort of like on the surface stuff. I mean, I really believe that this comic book is necessary. Yeah, it's necessary. It has to happen, and it had to happen then. I think that energy sort of like spoke for me 
before I got into the room a lot of the times. Right. It spoke for me when I wasn't around a lot of the times. Um, it spoke for me even when she had to, to convince people yes. that it would work. So I think that the, the, the stuff I've invested into each page, into each panel, sort of spoke on my behalf. Otherwise, I, might, I may have either underrepresented it maybe or, or maybe it, I just, my, just my mere self wouldn't have gotten it that far. Sure. Um, so, again, we get homebrew. Man, homebrew selection, 2016, June. Sold out that month. Exclusive books. So, Bob and Books didn't pick it up. So, we're only published nationwide, though, at, at Exclusive Books. Now, imagine, two, two years ago, two years prior to this, I was having a conversation with mates of mine and, 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 and all my friends, all my peers here, Artist Ali here, they, they will tell you. I, mean, I was you know, going on about this superhero thing that I want to do, and it's got to, it's got to work. And, and, Bless them. I understand that you know you you, you kind of think you know the, the assumption is that they don't work here. So I was like, as soon as I saw it on the shelf, I mean, just considering the optics, South African comic book next to a Superman comic book and exclusive books. I would I would say I would ask the question. I mean, that moment. How did it feel when you get told now it's sold out? But. It seems like the way that you've approached everything in the journey of Quesit is that, oh no, this was inevitable. It's going to happen. What are you talking about? I am not surprised. This is how this thing was always going to go. Yeah, I think for me, it's like, I always look at it and I just feel like, I, I, I feel like I owe it something. Right. I owe the, the, the comic book, I owe the characters something. Yeah. I owe them like everything. Like, so... Sometimes, I, I mean, obviously, sometimes, you know, you, you, you're self-conscious, like, jeez, man, you, I don't know if this is going to work. And it's like, but you sort of know you owe the projects this thing because it's so much bigger than you. Yeah. So I think that that, sent, that, that that way of looking at the project helped me a lot. It's a lifesaver sure. because it allowed me to have that cocky nature where I was like, oh, it's got to work. Yeah. Well, that's what I used for that. I was like, it's going to be awesome, Clyde. We're going to do a mural, man. Whoa. I'm not sure how I got here, but this is a really cool podcast. Well, while I'm here, I guess I'll introduce myself. I am the incredible Jeff, the host of Fueled by Deathcast, the weekly podcast from the Deathwish Coffee Company. Each week, I get to talk with a special guest from rock stars to astronauts about what they do and what fuels their passion, because we're all fueled by death. We want to leave this world a little different before we inevitably leave it for good. Follow Fueled by Deathcast on all social media and subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, or the Deathwish Coffee Company YouTube page. But for now, let's finish this awesome podcast. What is the what is the uh, the five minutes? Where did the inspiration from for Quasi come from? Where did you find this character? How did you build the ensemble? Where did they come from? So Quezzi is a 19-year-old city dweller based in, uh, this, is, this is normal South African black youth mm-hmm. with all those connotations. Mm-hmm. You know, what does a character like that, a 19-year-old that lives in Johannesburg look like? You know, just a funky kid with a yeah. funky hairstyle. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got a, some street cred, some street, um, you know, street mentality. He's, he's, he's vibrant. He's, he's He's, he's off this age, this, 
you know, new South African flavor that yes. we've got going on. Yeah. That was the point of departure. This guy discovers he's got superpowers, doesn't know how, and we meet him three months after the fact. And he's just fooling around with this stuff, right? right? So he's you know, saving damsels in distress and getting their phone numbers, of right? Course, yeah. uh, or maybe he, like in the comic book, he can, you know, he, you know he, he does this heroic stuff, but it's of course for him, for you know, it's self self gratification. I mean, mm -hmm. this is to get more followers on Twitter, it's to yeah. get more, you know, maybe an endorsement deal. So it's completely self serving in this sure. sense. So that's where we start off with the character. That's who he is in the beginning, sort of an anti superhero, and that was actually. The decision to go about that route was in part inspired by, you know, watching stuff like uh, Hancock, yeah. um, just treating the, the Johannesburg landscape uh, in, in, with, you know, superimposing that, that, that superhero genre or, or, or universe to it, or world to it, was also inspired in part by what I saw with how they treated Johannesburg on District 9. Right. District 9 was like, Aliens, oh, of course, aliens, right? <laughs> of course, there's going to need to be a spaceship, sure. you know, hovering over the city in Johannesburg, mm -hmm. South Africa, right. you know? And then and, and, and I think all of these little things sort of helped me along, but the main, the last push to create Crazy and, and, and who he is was my younger cousin, who was 18 at the time, he was in the trick. He had that same hairstyle, right. he was a funky kid, yeah. um, his name was Isipe. He's based in Johannesburg now, coincidentally. But he was based in Cape Town at the time. Mm -hmm. And I asked him simply, like, you know, so, hey man, um, I'm doing a superhero comic book, girl. And um, tell me, if you had superpowers, what would you do? And of course, like, he was like, oh, listen, man. I go with chicks and followers. That's cool, yeah. <laughs> Boom, simple as that. Yeah. And that was, and, and, and it clicked, it made all the sense. Mm -hmm. And I suppose even his dress code then made sense that he'd be like, you know, street dude, just jacket, jeans, you know, um, all stars. Urban, urban style. Urban style. But then I also understood as well that, you know, to create a comic book like this, it would make sense that it's, if it's South African, it would have to look South African and feel South African. Mm -hmm. And that meant for, in a huge part, I'd have to, I'd had to introduce our cultures into it. And that's where his companions came in, and that's where I could use that right. device, um, bringing our cultures, our different cultures, our different cultural um, norms, and then what we learn from who we are, whether you are Sutu or Zulu or, or Khoisan. I mean, there's so many, so many nuances, so many things that, so much knowledge, you know, that is stored in these traditions and in these cultures. And I'd be underserving the comic book and, and whatever it's supposed to be if I didn't include that. Reimagine who we are and our identity in South Africa and then just flip it on its head and introduce a superhero narrative to it. Right. It's golden, right? It's just, and I always wondered, like, why hasn't anyone done this? I mean, it why makes all the sense in the world that you take a, a, a Zulu woman, a Zulu maiden with a head wrap, or no, you know, the, 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 the headgear. And just the aesthetics make sense. I think that's what makes stuff like Black Panther work yeah. aesthetically is because, I mean, you know the cultures exist, but they're so, not, I, I don't want to use exotic, they're so uh, otherworldly if you're, if you're a normal guy that wears jeans and, you know, slags and a, a t-shirt, and you see someone um, in the, you know, in Kenya, 
in rural Kenya. Or, you know, you meet up with the Maasai. Those guys have have this amazing aesthetic and it's been developed from centuries, centuries. I mean, we're talking centuries of of, of richness. Mm -hmm. And it's almost untapped in this in this art form. Mm-hmm. And we could exploit that. And for me, that, that made all the sense. So very quickly, I mean, that was the, 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 the base of what um, pushed me to create Quezzi. And uh, yeah, man, I wouldn't have guessed that literally, what, four years later, we'd be watching, um, we'd be watching Black Panther and the characters there would be reminiscent of my character. In a way, so it feels like I'm part of something, hey? Mm-hmm. And that's happening on a bigger scale. Yeah. It's just nice to be on that wave and having caught it so quick, yeah. so so soon in the game. Yeah. How is the how's the reaction been here at FanCon? Uh, look, the mural does help. It is quite eye-catching, yeah. and it's massive. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the the idea that you had, let's just do this thing. Yeah. It's paid off. What is the what has the reaction been from people coming up who may not have known about Quizzy before? I think um, it's the same sentiment that I've had since the beginning. People are just excited to know that they've got something to show and, and tell the rest of the world. They've got out their own superhero. Yeah. South Africans have their own superhero to, 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 to boast about. Yeah. And, and that's nice. It's, it's nice to know that all everyone who's here in different walks of life, different ethnicities, different um, cultures, Picking up that comic book and feeling like it's theirs, purely because it's South African. They can relate. They can relate. They know it. I mean, they 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 they, they know what um, some of the, the vernacular uh, that, that we use, some of the slang we use in the comic book. They pick it up because they're part of the culture. And that's to have that and to have it in a book like that that's presented well, the story that works and the narrative that works. It just, I think, to to, to a lot of people, there's a certain pride that they have in it. I think that's what has made people like continuously support me through these years is the fact that it's theirs as well. We were talking, uh, we did a panel yesterday on diversity in comics and the the themes that you're talking about now. Peter Parker, one of the reasons why Spider-Man became so successful is these were, he was a teenager when all the other heroes were, were adults and he's got teenage problems and he could relate. Yeah. So where's it? It's local. I am seeing myself. I can relate to these things. That's language I understand. There's the knack drops. There's the fashion. There's the hey. If I had if I had superpowers, I'm going after girls and I'm going after followers. Yeah. Oh, we've got a signing. Please <laughs> sign. Oh, actually, we'll we'll, we'll wrap up shortly. Um, that yeah. So being ha- uh, having a comic where you can see yourself, you can see stuff that you relate to, and it's South Africa. So now. You can say this is a bit of me. It's a bit of me in this, in these pages, in these pictures, yeah. and that's why I, that's why it's going to be successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I think when it comes, I'm sorry. I just want to. I just want to jump bounce off, bounce off what you said. Sure. Um, no, no, you can't do that. Find your find your own. Th- <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, like, look. Um, to be at this point, I'm, 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 I feel like I've done my bit with it. Mm-hmm. My job with this thing is to try and push it to 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 to, to its maximum. Mm-hmm. That means animation now. Yes. That means feature film now. Mm-hmm. 
and those are the conversations I'm having now. Gotcha. Luckily for me, mm-hmm. is that there are people that are warm to the ideas. Um, I've, I've, but of course, I've, I've had to vet some things and sort of scrutinize because sure. you know you only get to do stuff like that once. Right. You don't want to mess it up. My, I know. I, mean, I get the whole feature film superhero movie thing. It's hot right now. Mm-hmm. But my passion would be to have it as an animated right. series yes. on TV. Imagine. It was the kids, like like I used to when I was a kid. Saturday you know, mornings, watch, coming home from school. Coming home from school. Turning on the TV. That I need to be home because I need to watch the next episode. But like it's it's, a, it's so much work to get yeah. there, man. And I don't think you know there's there's, there's so much talent around. But mm-hmm. I think there's so much beyond the talent that is necessary to take your idea forward and to get it where it needs to be. And I think that's the stuff that people don't actually teach or talk about. Yeah. Is the fact that there's a lot of failure on the road. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of embarrassment on the road. There's a lot of expense on the road. It's costly. Yeah. I remember having <laughs> having to convince my wife to uh, <laughs> I need to print Quizzy and I need ten thousand rand mm-hmm. to print a thousand five hundred copies of Quizzy. Yes. And I promise. We won't only break, break even. We will make such a profit, your head will spin. <laughs> I still How have those copies. <laughs> I still have probably half of those copies. I, 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 think, I think I hardly... I mean, for the most part, this is episode two, by the way. Issue right. two, I went huge on it. I spent yes. 10,000 Rand on 1,500 copies, printed here in Cape Town, yep. um, and I sold few hundred yep. and I ended up giving away the rest uh, not the rest but a, l- a whole lot of them because I'd have conventions to do I'd have sure. I'd have lectures to do mm-hmm. I'd have to go speak here and there so that's right uh, uh, sorry okay for those people we're actually sitting on the convention floor and we've got people coming up wanting to get some initial release off. so I think what we might do is we end off every podcast with our guests providing a bit of advice something that other content creators out there might be able to draw a bit of inspiration from. What would be one piece of advice and then we'll let you get back to your adoring fans a, and, scr- yeah. and, and crowds? I don't have a small piece of advice. I have a whole lot. Oh. I don't know if you've noticed, I, I tend to rattle on quite a lot. No, I no, sort no, of, no. And, and I moderated I'm very, you on a panel. I have and, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and, I, and I happen to also <laughs> deviate from the point quite often. Anyway. All good. All good. The point is, for me, for anyone who's trying to do comic books mm-hmm. or go into this in- industry and trying to do something with their idea and their story, jeez, um, the talent, the talent, look at the talent, uh, you know, ability to put the book together, you know, well-colored, well-presented, printed, there it is. Your talent, being able to do this is a, sm- a fraction of what's necessary mm-hmm. to actually make this thing work. And without, you know, without over-exaggerating, the marketing of your, of your, of your product is probably, will take 50% of the effort. Is 50% of the effort. That's where, you know, that's where, you know, we separate the boys from the men. Because some people just won't have a, the taste or the patience to do it. They don't have the, the patience to, 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 to not only illustrate and, 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 present, and, and produce this comic book, mm-hmm. but also to sell it. 
and 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 and, and speak when you need to, when you need to speak. Some people are recluse, you know. Some people um, don't do, don't fare well in, in, in spaces like that. But you have to sort of come out of your shell because yeah. you need whatever endeavor it is that you are creating. You have to be able to invest your entire self to it. You need to be able to. To, to, to weather the storms because there's going to be so many storms before you even see a glimpse of progress or success from it. Yeah. I mean, I only started really seeing some returns from the project three years after the fact. Right. So, th th you have to have a, this, 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 this a, a tenacity, like mm -hmm. a real, you, know, you just have to, to, to cling onto it and then be so De devoted to, to this thing that it, 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 it informs your life and how you how you engage. You can't just expect that people will identify your genius and give you lots of money. You've actually got to work at it. Oh, but there's so many golden nuggets on on the way. There's so many little little prezies that you get on the way, and that's the success of it. Because we, especially in, the, in this day and age, we've got social media. We've got everyone sort of like shoving their success in. in, in, in in each other's faces, that people then end up feeling like they're they 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 they're not as good. You know, they've got so many talented people. If you, if you take a walk yes. at that artist alley, the latent talent in South Africa creating comic books, animation, is so much. But it's because there's that factor of, oh well, we've got the rest of the world to 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 to, to compete with. No, yes. you don't. If I'm creating a South African superhero, my market is South Africa first. And if I coin it here, I'm, 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 I'm killing it. Yeah. And then you, sort of, you have to sort of like bring it back home, know how to, to, to navigate your own terrain, create stories that matter here, yes. and then and, and, and be, but, but never, never lose the integrity of your work. Mm -hmm. But that's more personal. I, I can't, I can't, I can't. So there's two parts of me. There's the part that you'll, that you'll catch when I'm just talking like this, but there's the other part of me that, when I'm painting or, or, or illustrating crazy, that understands the gravity of what I'm doing. And that, and that conversation often becomes very deep. The conversation becomes, you know, you, uh, I, 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 I then have to take this persona that I've got here, and then, which is necessary for this whole, you know, spectacle. Yes. Uh, it, 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 uh, I use who I am in the studio yes. as, 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 as fuel to do this stuff. Right. Because that guy, that kid who was reading X-Men, I owe him, you know? I owe him because I was in Butterworth. It's a long shot, man. Sorry, sorry, I have to say this, I have to say this. Sure. I know we're probably going off shit. That's all right. It's a long shot, man. I'm from Butterworth. Formerly, former trans guy, small town, okay? Uh, my dad would buy me comic books maybe one, three times a year. Okay, maybe a bit more. And I got to Cape Town to study. When I got off that bus, I took a Greyhound bus here with my mom, and she left me there. It was messy. I mean, like this. I come from a, a background, you know. It's, it's, it's when I consider everything and how everything panned out. That is a long shot. It's a long way. It's a long shot to get here and then and create South Africa's first superhero and then have a, some 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 sort of success with it, you know. And then like you know, then when you look at it in retrospect, of course it should work there. Of course. Of course, of course, of course it should work. In fact, it should go all the way because you've got you've got that track record to 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 
to convince you that everything that comes beyond this makes sense, right? Because you've you, you've made these leaps. Yes. So that's that, that's the thing. That's and that's what I was talking about. The, those those golden nuggets on the way. There's so many successes on the way. There's so much, you know. You know, pat yourself on the back for the good work that you're doing, but also be able to to be hard on yourself when you when you need to be because. As artists, I'm, I'm speaking broad spectrum now. Artists, we've got a job. This is this is a job. It's not this is, this is not your diary. You're, you're providing a service to people. Yes. You're sharing stories and you and you're creating worlds for people to share in. It's a, you're providing a service. And when you look at at it like that, then you then you understand what you need to do. And it's no longer very. It's, it's no longer. You know, it's, it's not a jarring yes. uh, and huge endeavor because. It's, it's not yours, yeah. you know, you're providing a service. So, you, so even your, your feelings towards your project, you understand that someone needs to see it and therefore I need to sort of get over, get over myself, get over this little hurdle I'm in, get over, you know, get out of my own way. And yeah, get out of your own way. We artists tend to do that. Get out of your own way and do it. Well, so thank you so much for your time. Ah, man. I wish you all the success with present. <laughs> And uh, we're looking forward to seeing it on our TV screen soon. Very soon, man. We, I mean, we, 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 we're going, we're going really, really hard on it now. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 we're burning on all cylinders. We're firing, we're firing, firing. And I think the next, the natural progression, of course, is an animated series. That's what I'm focusing on. That's what I would like to see. Yeah. I think that's that's got a lot more staying power than a feature film, anyway, right? Um, and also games, and also toys. We're, 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 we're trying to catch up in a space of <laughs> how many years with an industry that's been existing in existence for decades, okay? So, but, but um, the, the, the ground is fertile for, for us to succeed, I think. So, thank you so much for having me and listening to my ramblings. That was Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. What the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in rut and command here. To contact the show, you can email us at releasethegeek, one word, at geekxp.co.za. Thanks for listening. I'll be back.